It's Thursday, August 12th, and today we're talking about Southwestern Ontario teams up to launch Health Innovation Network, uh, FreshBooks' new $1 billion valuation and global expansion, and Kira's acquisition. So let's kick it off. I'll bring up Alex to uh, to get the show started. Hey, Leah, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Alex? Pretty good. You know, Amazing. So, here, so I take his studio over. Yeah, we kicked him out just so you could do this. Uh, amazing. So let's kick it off with that. Today's first set of news. Do you want to tell us about it? Well, I think instead of me telling you about it, we get get it involves Velocity, and we have John from Velocity here to talk about it. So let's Amazing. call John up. Hey guys, so nice to see you. Nice to see you. Where are you joining us from? Uh, Niagara, actually. Oh. <laughs> uh, Niagara on the lake or Niagara? Uh, Niagara on the lake. So we uh, we bought a house out here. Uh, a couple of years ago, we ended up moving in during uh, COVID to get out wow. of the city for a bit. Makes sense. So <laughs> Velocity has been busy making news the last couple of weeks. And this week, there's some more news about sort of what I call the South, Southwestern Ontario team up. So why don't you tell us what this is? Sure. Um, so obviously, thanks for having me and helping bring attention to this. Uh, one of the things we noticed, obviously, at Velocity is we try to pride ourselves on bringing Canadian deep tech companies forward and spaces. Um, health tech is an interesting niche where we end up getting a lot of applications, but there's so many challenges with health tech in general. Like when you look at the best centers for commercialization of that, um, there's technically, there's usually a medical school, there's um, a strong hospital system, uh, you get a lot of regulatory support, especially with the changing regulations every time there's a new um, president in the United States. So what we've done uh, with Velocity is we've kind of brought in the best of all worlds. So we've combined our coaching and experience and infrastructure along with MIX, which is the Medical Innovation Exchange that's actually headed by Elliot Fung, who's an incredible person that has deep regulatory experience, and Armin uh, from IntelliJoint, who actually has commercialized and brought forward an incredible med tech company, and joined with the University or Western University um, to help have access to now an incredible medical school and medical facility so that we can introduce key opinion leaders and doctors to teams early in the process, ensure that we're scoping and solving real problems, um, help bring stronger angel investment even to these teams early on, and then get regulatory help, product development help, and uh, hopefully really create a cluster of health tech innovation for Ontario. So, so I love this idea, and I agree with you, health tech and particularly med tech are different beasts than yeah, it's another SaaS company. Oops, sorry, you're cutting out. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, I heard you there. Okay, cool. Yeah, so health tech is definitely different than like a SaaS or consumer tech. Um, so how did this come together and how are you financing this? So we actually made the proposal. The University of Waterloo has been incredible working with us. Um, and we've gotten very close with Medical Innovation Exchange. Not only is Armin a former Waterloo grad, uh, but when he hired um, Elliot to kind of become executive director there, we reached out to Elliot immediately. And we've been contemplating how to bring something like this forward for a while. Um, ultimately, when we saw the gap of the medical school, uh, we reached out to our partners at Western and we did a joint application to FedDev, which is a provincial grant to help kind of create this cluster. And we're able to get it over the line and uh, announce it this week, but it's been months in the making. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure some, anything involved so many institutions and government financing doesn't come together quickly. Um, what does success look like? I think success 
from a very practical standpoint, uh, is going to be measured in the number of new companies we're able to bring to market and actually grow. So one of the big differences between, I think, typical research and the research we try to advocate for at Velocity is that research at universities is very discovery driven. You're trying to learn something new about the world. But when you have a company and you're trying to commercialize something, it has to be very goal driven towards a product. So for us, it's really trying to understand and scope out what that product needs to look like early on through the medical school support and the hospital support, understand how, how that product would work in an existing workflow, and then tackle regulation to be able to bring this thing to actual market and help people. So the goal really is the commercialization of new med tech companies. Uh, anything short of that wouldn't be what we're aiming for. And when you look at commercialization of med tech companies, are you looking at just Waterloo and University of Western grads, or is this going to be similar to the velocity program where it could be quite open to anyone in Canada? Open to anyone in Canada. We want the best ideas and the best people. So I want to go take a step back and because I don't know if everyone listening knows who Velocity is. So can you give us a bit of context why you were to write organizations spearhead this and some of the accomplishments of Velocity over the last, you know, five, 10 years? Yeah, definitely. Um, so for anyone listening who doesn't know, Velocity is the, I guess, the entrepreneurship arm of the University of Waterloo. So we're an incubator where we help companies uh, go from ideation through to scale up. Uh, over the years, we've our companies have raised uh, over $2.4 billion in venture capital. Uh, enterprise values of our companies are over $15 billion. Uh, we've had tremendous successes like FAIR, Applyboard, Pebble, Kick, uh, Vidyard, a bunch of really prominent Canadian companies that have come forward. I think Applyboard in and of itself has over 1,000 employees, even just in the region of Waterloo. So we work with companies for, or with teams from any part of the world, uh, 40 companies into Y Combinator, nine field fellows, six indie bio companies. Um, yeah, it, it's exciting. <laughs> and, and how about like in the medical or health tech space? Cause I know you have wet labs and what did you do before this and, you know, to, to basically help the health tech and med tech sector? In order to help the med techs, uh, companies, one of the things we really focused on was actually raising a small venture fund uh, where all of the LPs were doctors. So early on, we would try to integrate doctors into the process of as we were kind of looking over an idea, trying to figure out and diligence whether or not it made sense. Uh, so we tried to kind of find the North Star that way. The difficulty is you're always, although they're all incredible, you're always limited to a very small set of doctors who may not have experience in that application. So one of the things we learned was we needed to kind of broaden that top of funnel and in terms of the access we're able to get. And this is what prompted this change. But in terms of lab space, you're exactly right. Our product development facilities are incredible at the moment. And we're actually moving into a new center by 2023. So the current space is 35,000 square feet and about 7,000 square feet of lab. Our new facility is going to be 45,000 square feet and about half of that's going to be lab space. So it's, uh, it really is, I think, the best kept secret on where to start any kind of company that's deep tech related, well, as well as SaaS. We have, we have our collection. <laughs> one related note, did you see AngelList released a report yesterday of which university grad as founders have the most likely have an, oh, how would I, great markup? I don't know if the, that's not the exact term, but above an average markup. Did you see that report that was released I, yesterday? I did not. So University of Washington was first. University of Waterloo grads were second. Not now, surprised. <laughs> part, part of it is probably because evaluations again are lower than coming out of school than Stanford or Harvard. Yeah. But it's, maybe I'll, I'll send that 
your way afterwards. It's a good read, and University of Waterloo should be aware of it. Um, what else about this announcement didn't I ask? What well, should the public know about? I think it, uh, in terms of the announcement, I think we covered a lot of it. I think in terms of any of your listeners, if they are looking to start a company and they're trying to get the right supports, um, through our investment fund, we can invest in companies throughout the country. We made 19 investments last year, or over the last 18 months, 18 all got follow-on, which I know you know how hard that is at the pre-seed level. <laughs> but we really try to work hard and add value and um, multiply our investment through our different structural advantages. So um, that's the one thing I want people to walk away from. So if people want to apply, where can, where can they go and find an uh, application? If you go on velocityincubator.com, right under apply, it's a really lightweight application. We'd love to meet all of you. Awesome. John, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on this announcement and announcement last week, which is talking about all the financing, follow-on financing your portfolio companies have raised. And I, I look forward to um, University of Waterloo leading, you know, being a leading part of the corridor and pushing Canada forward. I love it. I appreciate your time, Alex. Thanks for having me. Thanks, John. Amazing. Thanks so much, John. Thanks so much for Alex. What exciting, huge news for Ontario today. What a big win. Yeah, so I like to just, you know, I think John covered the impact of this a lot. I think especially how about how hard it's to build med tech and health tech companies and just generally it's much harder than typical startups. I think the two other things I take away from this is one is our, the Canadian university academic institutions across the country are very strong. They're doing lots of research. They have lots of STEM talent that they're graduating. And over the last decade, we've seen programs like Velocity and the Creative Destruction Labs try to bridge that gap between academia and startups and you know, basically commercializing the technology. And it's worked. So I love to see Velocity taking another step, uh, getting more institutions involved in creating startups. It's only good for the Canadian economy in the long run. And finally, I'm always skeptical of government funding, but this looks like a good use of, of government money. So glad to see this announcement, excited for what we're going to see come out of, uh, come out of this partnership. I know it's it's huge and it's a huge win for like you said the bridge between academia and startups which has historically not been the easiest uh, bridge to gap or gap to bridge sorry um but that's huge and, and big thanks to john for joining us today so if you want to keep up with how velocity kira and fresh books are uh shaping the canadian tech scene you need to subscribe to the techtio newsletter uh alex can you tell us a little bit about what folks can expect in tomorrow's uh edition well, in tomorrow's edition, we'll have a profile of a, of a great startup. I, I know we're contemplating which two. We're doing, we're, we're collecting information for you, then the editorial team's going to choose which one to feature. It's either going to be one based in Montreal or one based in uh, Toronto, both very exciting companies you should be aware of. There'll be a few must-reads, and there'll be a quick take and a bit more information that you need to know to stay informed of what's going on or be educated on how to build a startup. And if you missed last night's uh, Insider AMA, there's a lot of great reads that came out of that that we'll be including tomorrow. So make sure that you, uh, if you missed that information and you want to catch up on what we spoke about last night, make sure to head over to those must, that must reads uh, section. So next, uh, we're talking about fresh books, one billion valuation, and uh, global expansion. So Alex, what's the news? So fresh books uh, announced this week that they'd raised eight, roughly 81 million US dollars in equity and 50 million dollars in debt and is now valued at more than $1 billion US dollars, or as people call a unicorn. Uh, the round, the equity round was led by Accomplice, which is a venture capital firm in Boston with participation from JP Morgan, Gang Gangles, Bank of Montreal, Emanuel Financial Corporation, 
with a new investor of Barclays and BMO led the debt financing. And little note here, this is the 14th startup to be worth be valued at over a billion dollars when they raised financing this year. 14th Canadian company, correct? Yes, yes, 14th Canadian company. So it's been lot, lots of uh, unicorns uh, or lots of startups achieving unicorn status this year. So on that note, what do you think has changed? Why why 2021? What What is changing that this year? Uh, I think it's basically capitals looking for growth and returns. Um, the Canadian ecosystem has matured and, you, you know, these lots of these companies, it's just a matter of time. And you go back to who's becoming these unicorns. Some of them like FreshBooks have been around for quite a while. They, they were founded in 2004 and some are just like apply board that we talked about with uh, velocity is, is five years old. So I think it's a matter of having a lot more companies in, in the ecosystem, which means some succeed and some grow fast and global capital looking forward is growth and valuing companies at a higher value than they would before. So the multiples are also higher than they were three years ago. So it's a few different things, but they all add up to excitement to invest in the Canadian, large Canadian startups. Which is huge, huge wins across the country uh, this year. But back to the main story. So you tell us a little bit about what FreshBooks does. Very simply, a a FreshBooks sells online accounting software by subscription to small business owners. So if you're a small business owner and you want to basically keep your accounting in order, there's a bunch of different services that FreshBooks has to make your life simple. Huge. And uh, I'm sure FreshBooks is well known across the country, but can you tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit about their numbers and and why raise so much now? Well, you know, I'll start with the headline number. They're about 100 million USD revenue per year uh, with 30 million customers to date in 160 countries, 515 employees. And now they've raised about just north of 200 million USD in equity. So this the timing this rates. Well, Every time FreshBooks has raised has been an interesting timing because they, they originally bootstrapped for 10 years. So they raise now because they're looking to accelerate growth. That, that's my take on it, right? So they've had, as Jeff Egan uh, from Accomplice who led the round said, FreshBooks has had solid but not stellar growth, but has the potential to be a very large global company. So when I hear that, when I see around like this, I'm like, okay, the growth, the idea here is that let's accelerate growth, let's go global. and they're going to do this a few ways. One is they're going to use the financing to support organic and inorganic growth. So what does that mean? Um, organic growth means building localized version of FreshBooks um, for different countries, building sales teams in the U.S. and Amsterdam and probably other locations, and working with resellers like Barclays. So you know, make the product more applicable and more localized globally, get more people selling the product globally, and then find additional partners to increase your distribution. Inorganic growth means growing through acquisitions. So FreshBooks, despite being around for 10 plus years, may, never made an acquisition until late last year when they bought, um, uh, what was the company called? Uh, Facturama, a Mexican-based invoice management company. It provided them technology, but more importantly, entry into the Latin American uh, market. And Don Epstein, uh, sorry, Don Epperson, who is the new CEO, uh, said they'll make future acquisitions expand into markets where FreshBooks does not have a large presence. Amazing. Um, so why should the tech community care? Why, why should TechTO listeners be paying attention to this news? Well, you know, let's, so historically, let's look at this. So FreshBooks has been a solid business, but it's not, but it's taken a long time to reach this billion dollar status. Uh, Mike McDermott founded, uh, co-founded the FreshBooks in 2004 and bootstrapped the company for 10 years. In 2014, FreshBooks raised 30 million USD in its first round of venture capital financing, 
Now, seven years later, it has been valued at more than a billion US dollars. So this is a story of resilience as FreshBook has completely reinvented itself several times. Um, it's fended off competitors because when it started, this wasn't a crowd space, but much more crowd now. And has grown to 100 million USD revenue. So this is a huge accomplishment. But your personal take on this recent announcement will sort of depend on your view of the world, right? Um, if you're someone that believes that growth at all costs, uh, you'll be disappointed by how long it's taken to get to the status and 100 million revenue. If you look, but if you're someone that looks at the impact the business has and how how durable they are, you can be nothing but impressed. Uh, FreshBook has built a business by serving SMBs, which when they launched was very rare. Um, and the team has had an impact in SaaS and in SMBs and FinTech, and also they've helped shape the Canadian tech ecosystem. Mike McDermott and the team have been around for you know, 10, 15 years and been adamant supporters of what, what's going on in this ecosystem. So, you know, it's one of these companies when you look at the raising where they are, your view of how successful they are will depend on your worldview. Another thing that I find interesting is the valuation. Uh, it appears to be relatively low as a multiple of revenue. Uh, assuming the valuation is over a billion and the revenue is slightly less than 100 million, you're looking at a 10 to 12 uh, times revenue as a multiple. While the public, publicly traded best in class SaaS business go to 30 to 40 times revenue. So why is this? It you know, goes back to what Jeff Hagan said, solid but not rapid growth. Uh, and that's why one of the goals of the funding round is to accelerate growth because faster growth gets you a higher multiple, creates value. So, and then you can look at, we talked about Hootsuite last week and there's some similarities with what's going on there. They have solid growth. They're trying to get back to faster growth and there's some similarities. So FreshBook changed CEOs in late 2020. Um, if you look at Hootsuite, they change their CEOs too, bring in new blood. Um, unlike Hootsuite, Hootsuite's growing by expanding their product and trying to get more share of wallet. FreshBooks is expanding distribution to other countries. But both co and both companies are looking at acquisition for growth. So it's interesting to see some of the more brand name companies in this ecosystem where growth has tapered off, trying to reinvigorate growth and taking very similar but different paths. Um, the you know, last two things I'll say about this is it's interesting to see the financial institutions as investors in FreshBooks. Some are strategic distribution partners like Barclays, and others have the ability to understand the pain that FreshBooks solves. So they're saying, hey, here's a good investment opportunity. And then finally, um, if you want to start an accounting or bookkeeping software uh, serving SMBs, you may want to launch it in the Toronto. This ecosystem has had significant experience in building scale business in this space with FreshBooks, Wave, and HubDocs who got acquired by Zero. So it seems to be something in the Toronto ecosystem about serving SMBs and helping serve, serve uh, their accounting and bookkeeping problems. Yeah, there's something in the air here, eh? Um, but that's huge. This is huge, huge news for the Canadian ecosystem. Uh, is there any other quick hits that uh, folks at home should be uh, looking out for or um, on FreshBooks? Yeah, about FreshBooks. Uh, look, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see where they go. I think we'll see them. My guess is they're going to be a company to watch. I think they're going to get much more acquisitive. You're going to see a lot more announcements. I think they're going to get, you know, they have, they want to get, you know, get that growth up from 10% a year to 30% a year, which is not easy when you're at 100 million revenue. Crazy, eh? And uh, if you did miss it, we did actually have founder Mike McDermott join us uh, a few years ago on the TechTO stage. So the video will be linked in the show notes and then also uh, in the comments if you're watching us live. Uh, so next up, uh, this is actually not our last live stream for the week. We will be heading uh, over to FNF tomorrow with Alex. Um, 
We have Lori Schultz, former president and CEO of Galvanize, joining us to chat about their $1 billion acquisition by Diligent. Uh, it's an amazing story, and we're really excited to have her join us, as well as Lloyd Lobo of uh, Boast AI, to chat about this tomorrow. So, Alex, what are you excited to uh, to chat about tomorrow uh, with Lori and Lloyd? Lori, I think we're going to talk about how she got to a billion-dollar outcome. Yeah. That, that, that magic number, a billion. It seems like there's billions everywhere. Leah, do you have your billion? Except yet? for except for in my bank account, apparently. Yeah, but and, and neither mine either. So maybe maybe I have a billion dodge coins or yeah, maybe she has the secret sauce. So hopefully she shares it with us tomorrow. Uh, so you can learn more about this by heading over to uh, to techto.org. But uh, next up, let's head over to our last story, which is uh, due diligence is completed uh, as Kier is acquired by Latera. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that news is, Alex? Yeah. So document technology company Latera is going to buy Toronto-based Kira for an undisclosed sum. And this, this transaction is a bit interesting how they described it. They said venture capital and private equity firm Insight Partners, who invested 50 million in Kira, uh, you know, will further its investment in Kira and become a minority investor in Latira. Also, um, Kira is spinning off a company, so some of its IP into a new company as, as its acquisition closed. New company is called, called Zuva, um, and it's using AI in uh, to help corporate uh, corporate corporations enable the world's business to know what in a contract. So I don't know what that means. I guess it's just, hey, it's going to have a tool that lets corporations analyze their contracts. That's being spun off with the CEO of Kira running that. So you're seeing Kira get acquired. Um, its main outside investor looks like it's investing more in acquirer and, and taking a minority stake in acquirer. And then they're spinning off technology to create a new company, which the current CEO has been running. And that new company is falling under this acquisition, correct? Or is it staying? It's, it's separate? Gonna be, I think it's going to be a separate entity. Oh, interesting. Very cool. Uh, so why would they do something like that? Why would they spin off when they're in the middle of an acquisition? Like what, what would be behind that? So, you know, I guess I can look at what goes on with public companies. Um, sometimes you, you see this a bit with like, let's look, look at, let's look at Alphabet, which everyone calls Google. Why did Google change its structure? At one point, Google was the main company and had a bunch of these moonshot ideas and other businesses. And when you change a structure like that or spin something off like that, it's because you're not seeing the value being uh, recognized. So what Google did is they created a holding company called Alphabet, which is what's publicly traded. Then they have Google reporting, they have Waymo reporting, they have the moonshots. So the idea is that the market now can get more transparency and see the value and, and ascertain more value, put more value in the publicly traded company. This is a private company. So I guess in the acquisition of of Kira, uh, Latera didn't put much value on it, or and so there was they saying, hey, instead of us increasing the price we pay for you by X dollars, why don't we let you spin us off, and you can and your shareholders can own uh, Suva as as a way to not so we uh, we agree to disagree on this value, so let's spin it off and make it a separate entity, which you value more than we do value. Super interesting, and not something you see every day. So very uh, very exciting. So taking a step back, can you tell us a little bit about what Kira does and and what they so, do? Kira, Kira was founded in 2011. Um, what it does is contract analysis software for law firms. It helps law, lawyers to analyze more documents with greater efficiency and accuracy. So let's give you an example of what this means. Um, if you're a lawyer working on a typical M&A deal, uh, historically, lawyers would only review a small subset of contracts because it traditionally was not economically feasible to do, um, time-wise or money-wise. So, like, so you don't want to stop an M&A deal for six months as a lawyer looks at all the different papers. So what using Kira... Um, you know, it basically you could use a software to analyze a lot more of those documents effectively 
and accurately, and it mitigates risks and provides more significant insight into transactions. So basically, you know, lawyers could do the historically could only do a subset of analysis. This allows it to get more details and it, it just ends up being, you know, lawyers can actually focus what I need to focus instead of reading all the documents. Amazing. So uh, why the acquisition now? Well, don't know what acquisition happened now um, from Kira's side, but from Latera's side, uh, they're they're basically rolling up the industry. Um, so what does a roll up mean? Is they're basically trying to acquire a bunch of other companies, take advantage of back office synergies and distribution. Uh, Latera has 15,000 law firms as clients, are, uh, and they've acquired several other companies in the past two years. Uh, so like, this year, they've already done deals, including a budging and pricing platform, a clock demiser, and a document productivity software company, uh, Docs Corps of March. So you can see Latira is looking for legal-related companies to basically get to higher revenue and hopefully a, a better bottom line. Amazing. So it means a lot of acquisitions coming towards that tech company soon, which is huge. Yeah, legal tech companies towards legal tech companies, which you don't see too many of, uh, at least coming out of the Canadian tech ecosystem, which is big. Uh, so why should the TechTO listeners care? What, why is this big news? Well, I, th I think first you look at legal tech. Let's start there. Um, it's often an industry that is ignored. Um, the, the view of most angels and VCs and founders is law firms are potential clients, but they're slow to move or laggards. And when it comes to adapting technology, but I think that's changing quickly. And there's two things happening. One, you're seeing a lot more legal tech companies get funded, but you're also seeing now roll-up strategies saying, hey, you know, there is an opportunity here. Legal legal tech has reached that inflection point. So let's capture the opportunity by either starting new companies or acquiring a bunch of companies that are out there. Um, it's also, I love this like acquisition. It's a bit abnormal and it shows you how you can get creative to get a deal done. So sometimes, you know, you're in a position where you want to raise money, you want to acquire a company, you want to sell, you want to sell your company. There's more, you know, everyone tries to follow the paint by numbers, but obviously here, this, this idea is, you know, looks like to get this deal done and entice uh, Kira's investors. They said, okay, you can invest a bit more on a bit more of the, the acquiring company. Hey, we don't recognize the value here and agree on the value on this entity. Let's spin it out. So be creative when you're trying to get a deal done. And it doesn't have to be also a financing deal. It can be any other deal. Um, and then Gear's been around since 2011, but stayed out of limelight. Like the only times you really heard of it is when it raised a relatively large Series A, and now with acquisition. So it's a company that sort of stays in its lane, gets the stuff done, and you know I think it's almost a traditional way of the Canadian ecosystem. If you go back to companies started between 2000 and 2010, there's a lot of medium-sized outcomes that you know you don't hear about until they get acquired, and it, it just shows that while we're reaching Canadian economy, uh, Canadian tech ecosystems reaching a scale and a tipping point and a bit, lot of awareness. There's always been great things going on here. Amazing. Big win for the Canadian tech ecosystem. Well, thanks so much, Alex, for all your uh, analysis today and, and walking us through this week's news. Very exciting. Uh, what a week in Canadian tech news. Huge week across the board. Some big acquisitions, big valuations. Uh, and no matter where you're, where you're watching or where you're listening, make sure you catch up on our past episodes uh, on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we will uh, we'll see you all next week. This is Leah signing off in uh, place of Jason Goldblatt.